0: personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. Happy Sunday. This is the Liebcast. You're here with Andrew Lieb, Lauren Leeb, and our special guest today, David Kilnick, who's like the the god of of the LGBT network. that's what I'm going to call him because he so, he no he has so he's the uh, chief executive officer that he, I knew him when he was the executive director, the president. This guy is just got his finger on the trigger, and I had to have him on. I'm going to tell you why president biden president biden how does that ring out president biden day one in office he just changed the tide on discrimination law on day one in office last time we were talking about discrimination law lauren we were talking about how trump issued an executive order to combat race and sex stereotyping and that sounds like a really nice thing to do on its face like who wouldn't want to combat sex and race stereotyping like Duh. But then when you read it, it basically said you can't do implicit bias training. And you go, well, what does that all mean? Well, here's the thing. I know you guys out there don't want to hurt people. Like, I'm aware of that. Anyone who's listening to the Leapcast doesn't want to hurt people. But guess what? Sometimes we do things and it offends others that we didn't mean to offend because of our innate understanding of the world, the way we grew up the things we heard, our experiences. You know, I was just telling someone, I was teaching a continuing legal education this week to the Westchester Bar Association on rental discrimination. And I'll tell you what I said to them. I said, when I grew up, I sat Indian style. My son said, crisscross applesauce. I didn't even know crisscross applesauce was a thing. It sounds more delicious than Indian style. But I learned that saying the word Indian style is actually offensive and a bad thing to say. You shouldn't say that. You should say crisscross applesauce. Had I known that was offensive, why would I say that? I've never woken up in the morning and said to myself, let's hurt someone else today. I got nothing else to do. You know, I'm done with my video games. saw all the movies, I'm bored, so let's go hurt someone. I don't think any of you want to go Hurt someone. Like, why would you want to go hurt someone? So, anyway, a lot of people that train anti discrimination, whether it's a diversity, inclusion, and equity format, whether it's what David and the LGBT network do by going into the schools, which I think is brilliant. And I'm going to ask him to tell you about that in a little while and teaching people to understand what's out there and how we should treat other people. Whether it's what you do, but a lot of us that train say, hey, listen, I know you didn't mean to be a bad guy or a bad gal. It just happens. And we teach what's called implicit bias. What do we do innately? What do we do that we don't mean to do? And Trump had this executive order that said you can't train it. Well, that's helpful. And yeah, when you read the, the understanding of the regs, what Trump's executive order said was that you just can't say that everyone by who they are are specifically Biased. But when you read how they were going to enforce it, they were using key terms like implicit bias to see if you were doing the training. Why does that matter? They said anyone who gets a government contract can't do the training. And if they do it, they lose the government contract. Well, guess what? There was a lawsuit about this. I'm sure David knows about this because it's from the Santa Cruz Lesbian and Gay Community Center. They sued Trump. And they sued him over in the Northern District of California. I don't know why no one sent me over there to be a court watcher because I could use some Northern District of California right about now. Anyway, on December 22nd, they passed a nationwide preliminary injunction stopping this executive order. And then you were allowed to do trainings again, which is very important in New York State. You know why, Lauren? Why? Well, in New York State, under the labor law, 201G to be specific- Every employer, whether you have one employee, or you have 400 employees or 4 million, every employer in the state of New York has to give a mandatory sexual harassment prevention training. So think about this for a second. You're doing a sexual harassment prevention training, and you have a government, a federal government contract, and because of that federal government contract, and you comply with New York state law, think about the Juggling Act. On one note, if you don't do the sexual harassment prevention training- you can get fines that are outrageous by the Department of Labor. David, just as a little aside, I know I didn't bring you in yet completely, but David, did you know that we foiled freedom of information law, the Department of Labor, and we said, how many companies have you fined in New York State for not doing sexual harassment prevention training? Because you do know it's a law that you got to give sexual harassment prevention training. And if you violate the labor law, there's statutory penalties. Now, setting aside the fact that if you violate this law, and you get sued for sexual harassment, you can kiss your tuchus goodbye when you get a jury verdict that's going to blow your socks off, and that hasn't changed nothing. But can you believe the Department of Labor has issued zero, 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 zero enforcement actions in New York State about their law about sexual harassment prevention trainings? It's crazy talk. Mm -hmm. Zero. And so, yeah, it makes me nuts, because why issue a law if you're not going to enforce the law? But looping back to what I was saying, on one note, you have, you got to do the sexual harassment prevention training, and I told you, your talk list is going to get problems if you get a lawsuit, if you don't do it, but if you train it properly, and you train people about implicit bias, because if you, if you attack the audience, did you know social science has shown that when you do a training, an intervention about discrimination, and you say, you're the culprit, you're the culprit, don't do this, you don't use those words, but you attack your audience, They've found that people discriminate right after the training. They've found that- it makes it worse. Yeah, it makes it worse. Like The days after the training, the workplace has the most episodes of discrimination because everyone acts out right after the training. But if you instead train people to be bystander interveners and tell them it's not their fault, it's their implicit understanding of things- then discrimination dissipates. It goes away. That's when it becomes effective. That's why you don't just want a lawyer to do the training. You want someone that understands the social scientists, like Dr. David Kilnick, because he has a PhD and all. I have a master's in public health myself. I understand the social sciences. Anyway, so you do this training, you teach implicit bias because that's the best way to do it, and you are violating Trump's executive order. And like I said, on December 22nd, there was this preliminary injunction or a preliminary injunction is just at the beginning of a case. Everything, all bets are off at the end of the case. It's possible Trump's executive order stayed. But I remember the day that Biden found out he won. I know there was a lot of unrest, a lot of people in the society, a lot of people in our area, they were fighting about it. They were upset about it. But I listened to the words because you know what I always believe? No matter what you care about, no matter what you believe in, if things are going to happen and you're in business, you should figure out how to benefit from them in business. It's kind of like saying there's going to be a foreclosure crisis. You know, over one in 10 people in Long Island are underwater on their homes, according to Newsday. You know that the federal government, the CDC, just extended their moratorium through March 31st. You know that New York State's into May. After that's over, there's going to be a foreclosure crisis. So you can either be sad about the foreclosure crisis or you could save up your shekels right now, your pennies, your dollars. And you could say when the housing market gets destroyed, I'm going to swoop in and make good investments. That's a smart move. That's what smart people do. So I remember Biden saying, we're having some great battles of our time. David probably remembers this. And he said, one of the great battles of our time, this is what he said, is to end systemic racism. That's what he said in his speech when he found out he won. And that's going with Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, Kamala, she, she, she was the AG, the Attorney General in California. And she started the first implicit bias training for police forces, Lauren. Mm. And so the times were changing, and you felt the times are changing. If you're in business, the times matter. You know why I have David Kilnick on the line right now? Day one, Lauren, day one. President Biden, executive orders. You want to hear the first one? I like this. This is from day one. An executive order on preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation, Lauren. Day one in office. He doesn't say we're going to limit your training. We're not going to limit your ability to stop discrimination. We're going to protect more people. What this says is, yeah, there was a federal case, a Supreme Court case. Bostock v. Clayton County and this this case said Yeah, we acknowledge in employment discrimination. There's no sexual orientation. It doesn't say that. We acknowledge it doesn't say gender identity, but it does say sex. And gender identity and sexual orientation are part of sex, and anyone in the LGBT community is protected in workplace. You know what Biden did on day one, Lauren?
1: What?
0: He said, You're not just protected where you work. You're protected where you live, too. He issued an executive order, day one, that said the Fair Housing Act, the seven protected classes in the Fair Housing Act, one of them, sex, should be expanded to include gender identity or sexual orientation. And this is a line of demarcation in the sand. And you might say to yourself, David knows this. In New York, we are protecting sexual orientation, gender identity. Our New York state human rights law already protects but, 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 There was no federal enforcement of that. And if you read Biden's executive order, which I have sitting right in front of me, it's on his website right now. It says within a hundred days of this order, he wants plans on how they're going to enforce the order in effect to go prosecute people for violations. David, 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 first of all, I just need to understand your initial reaction to Biden day one executive order, including gender identity and sexual orientation as part of the
1: Fair Housing Act. Oh, thank you, Andrew. That was quite a lead in and I appreciate it. Um, And hi, Lauren. Um, Hey, (laughs) so, you know, Biden day one is a tremendous relief just as an American, let alone being a gay American, Um, you know, feels like a huge weight was lifted off our shoulders and that you know are actually going to have a chance to exist um and and everyone to live up to their full potential no matter who they are no matter what color their skin is no matter how they pray or no matter who they love and so you know the executive order that that Biden issued the first day uh simply to follow a supreme court case as well as you just mentioned um you know so it's interesting that Biden saying hey we need to follow the law when we had a lawless president for the past 4 years that um he, he, you know is a, is a great message to our nation um and is um and is is nothing surprising that he did because it's who he is and it's who he's always been and biden has been a champion biden has progressed over the years just like other folks um in their uh in their ideas and their advocacy and their policies around uh diversity uh whether it's about race whether it's about sexual orientation or gender identity you know it was biden who really was the one that um uh came out before uh, obama did and when i say came out not coming out of gay but came out Mm -hmm. for marriage equality um you know and um and he kind of uh you know pushed that pushed that moment ahead i mean even in my personal life um you know with one of the kids who grew up with the lgbt network when it was called legally back then long island gay and lesbian i remember that um Uh yeah (laughs) yes you do very well yeah um you know, who um, who went on to do such great things and was working in the Obama administration. And when he heard that Robert and myself were getting married, you know, we received a uh, uh, an original White House cookbook uh, with a, a signed letter from Joe Biden. Wow. So,
0: you know, so, David, I yeah. got to ask before we get into mm-hmm. anything more important, what's the favorite recipe from the cookbook?
1: um i don't know um
0: <laughs> you know what david <laughs> taught me lauren i don't think He's I got on the pissed. coffee table no he but lauren i have it. to tell you the best <laughs> thing david ever taught me i consider david to be one of my inspirations in life I, i've known david for a long time but i want to tell you the best thing he ever taught me you know when you eat a dessert and you're having like a cake and sometimes yeah. it's not good sometimes not good spit david out. told no you don't spit out david told me you turn the cake around and you try the other side because oh. it could be better it's and true. so when it comes to dessert eating i've learned from david i want you to know i think that was the most brilliant thing you ever taught me that you never know the crust could be different it could be a different moisture on the other side i've saved a lot of cakes because of my new philosophy from this but david i got to ask you a question because you and i are using terms and i don't know that everyone knows the difference why do they say gender identity or sexual orientation what's the difference
1: So, I mean, sexual orientation is who you love, uh, basically, um, um, emotionally, uh, romantically, physically, um, and gender identity is, who you are and how you identify. So, for example, when someone looks in the mirror, do you see yourself as a male? Do you see yourself as a female? So, um, I mean, it goes, a, it goes a lot deeper than that. But, you know, it's intrinsically who you are, both, you know, both gender identity and sexual orientation. And that's not only being lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. That's being heterosexual as well. So, um, and that's, you know, being male-identified, female-identified, or, you know, uh, however you identify. Um The only person that can know that is you. And so, um, you know, and the problems we have in the world and that we certainly saw over the past four years and on January 6th, a few weeks ago, is not because people is not because of uh, who people love or just being themselves. It's because of hate. And, uh, you know, and that's one of the things that I think, um, uh, you know, we're certainly on a different trajectory from that from our federal government. Now, I do want to want to say that, you know, the executive order is great. Right. Um, and that, uh, you know, and it was one of his many executive orders that, you know, we stopped uh, building the wall, or whatever the hell was built over. The, you know, who knows what. But, you know, we stopped doing things that really were to um, to dehumanize uh, people because of their religion or because of their sexual orientation or because of their race. I mean, that's really what it was under Trump. It was dehumanizing people. So day one for Biden, you know, we brought humanity back. Right. We brought humanity and diversity and that we're all Americans and we should all have equal access to live our fullest potential. But one thing we have to remember is that, you know, there could be and hopefully not ever in our lifetime again, but there could be another president that comes in, maybe that has a different philosophy or different political stance than Joe, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And so, you know, we, ha- we can't play this executive order ping pong, you know, where then someone else comes in and does an executive order. It says, Hey, you know what? Don't follow the law. You can discriminate. We have to make sure that the Senate and Congress pass the Equality Act, right, which would put this into policy, which would put it into legislation and policy and and the law of the land. That would go forward. And it doesn't matter who the hell we have as president, although it does. But you know, we don't have to rely on an executive order to simply protect us from being fired from our jobs because of who we are or because who we love or to be denied housing. I mean, that is just insane that we're talking about this in 2021, um, you know, in this in this uh, in this perspective. But, you know, who thought we would live past the last four years? You know, and one of the things that Joe Biden said. You know that you know I teared up the night before he got uh, inaugurated when I watched the um, the the ceremony or the memorial. It was the first time that our country ever came together uh, as one to to recognize um, and honor the you know the 400,000 people that have lost their lives to COVID. Um, you know, and, and Joe Biden said simply, you know, to heal we must remember, and that is true. You know, we must remember to heal. But one of the things that's important is that we cannot forget, so we don't go back. You know, and I think a lot of what Joe Biden did on day one, um, you know, was was uh, with the heal, but also, you know, to do things so that we don't go back. But th- that work has to continue. It, it can't just rely on signing an executive order. We got to get everything that Joe Biden did on day one into policy, which means that, you know, the 50 50 split in the Senate you know, with Kamala Harris as the deciding vote, um, you know, is okay. Um, you know, there's a very uh, small minority that, um, or majority, I should say, that, uh, you know, uh, Speaker Pelosi has in Congress. We have to make sure that two years down the road that, you know, these these gains, um, I don't want to even gains. I mean, we're just going to get to an equal level, hopefully, um, you know, that we keep them so that we continue going forward. We can't go backwards because we saw what has happened, um, you know, to our nation, to a threat to our democracy, however you want to look at it. It was just a threat to um, a threat to uh, so many of our lives. Um, that was just awful and something that we could have never thought of. Although Hillary Clinton warned us, um, everything she said came true, but, um, you know, that we have to make sure that we continue. We have to make sure that there are Stacey Abram movements in all 50 states, that people are registered to vote, that people's votes are protected, that people's votes are counted. You know, we can't let any more of this BS happen. Um, and that we have to stay on the, um, you know, on the, on the, Uh, you know, being uh, on the, I want to say on the aggressive, but um, I can't think of the word right now and it's a common word, but we just have to stay ahead of the game. You know, we can't just sit back and relax. We have to realize that, you know, most of us agree on pretty much everything and we're going to disagree on certain things and that's okay, but have conversations about it. But let's not beat each other up because I think that, you know, there's more that we have in common that we don't and we need to help support President Biden and Vice President Harris uh, by organizing and by making sure that, you know, we have elected officials, even here on Long Island, namely Congressional District One, you know, that are not um, supporting uh, the policies of Trump.
0: I'm waiting for you to run for office. Yeah, David, David what are
1: you running? You should run on this <laughs> Equality Act. Waiting for David, it.
0: can you announce now? Or are we going to get you on the air right now to announce? <laughs> I
1: do live in Congressional District 1. Interesting. Interesting. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but I, but I do think that I am, uh, my, uh, I, I've considered, I've been asked before, uh, but you know, that my work is more impactful doing um, what I'm doing now. And so, um, but he didn't rule it out know, in the future. Out, yeah. Did you hear
0: him say <laughs> now in there? Because the <laughs> truth we play is, this podcast yeah, Lauren, later And we podcast. had him, we had him on last time talking about the Equality Act, and he brought it back again. And it's, a real platform that I think Republicans and Democrats can get behind. Because when you talk to newer Republicans, when I say, I guess newer is the wrong word. When you talk to younger Republicans, that's a better word. Most of them, if you were to speak to them, and I, I know a bunch of these people are all about, everyone just do you. Everyone just do you like and i think that especially in long island that's a message people can get behind david is that we need in federal law what david's saying is that he's so right An executive orders issued by the president and that's great but the president changes but now that the senate and the house can vote we could get this equality act passed because and david's not being selfish you know why As in New York, there's already protections. He's saying he just needs it to be a national, a shrine. I I guess a shrine's the wrong word. It needs to be a symbol, not a symbol. It just needs to be an understanding that everyone is equal. And that should be how we start off everything in the world. And if you're going to be treated differently, I'm going to tell you what Biden wrote in his executive order. I think this was the most powerful way of saying it. Children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they will be denied access to the restroom the locker room, or school sports. Adults should be able to earn a living and pursue a vocation knowing that they will not be fired, demoted, or mistreated because of whom they go home to or because how they dress does not conform to sex-based stereotypes. People should be able to access health care and secure a roof over their heads without being subject to sex discrimination. I know when Biden was inaugurated, he had a fabulous... um, laureate, a, uh, a poet laureate. She gave a great speech. But Biden, your your executive order has poetry to me. I'm hearing poetry there. And I'm thinking maybe David's going to come back and announce with us about District 1, because we need David, <laughs> David Kilnick, I'm telling you. And the reason is because everyone needs to have a message of humanity. And I was so glad, David, and I hope you were too, about the tone change. That's all I was looking for, is that the tone change before was, let's Separate. Let's divide. Let's dehumanize. And I say that mostly just because how can you train anti-discrimination if you can't talk about implicit bias? And I know you gave examples of the wall and so much more. But David, Mm -hmm. we need to know that the federal government is not tolerating discrimination, period,
1: full stop, the end. Yeah, you know, and I I completely agree. You know, and I think you know that the tone change was civility, was humanity, um, was about you know true American values or achieving American values of equality and justice for all. So when we say the Pledge of Allegiance, it actually means what we're saying. Right now, it doesn't, and so and there's a long way to get there. It's not only the Equality Act. It's, Um, you know racial injustice uh criminal justice reform it's the equal rights amendment it's making sure that women get paid the same amount of money for the work that men do and that you know can achieve the highest offices um you know in our land here so there's just there's a lot more to do and 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 it's possible i mean you know going back to the work of our organization i mean we started on long island long island i mean You know, that's our base. And that, you know, it's still it still can be considered conservative. Right. And so, um, you know, our organization, uh, it doesn't matter what your political party affiliation is. We help everyone. You know, we serve everyone. I love Um, that. And that we've been able to make the bridges to be able to you know, be able to be present in nearly every single Long Island school district and to work, you know, to talk with uh, kids and faculty and parents about how we should treat one another and how about everybody should have safe schools, particularly LGBTQ youth. So the work can be done and the work can be done to, you know, have these conversations um, and, and, and not... You know, demonize one another, um, and that you know, listen to where people are at and help them move up the ladder to get to, to where they need to be. Um, you know, and and part of that is having the conversations, and a big part of that is telling the truth. We need to tell the truth. That's what wasn't done um, over the last four years. Well, I we want to, to the tell the truth, and, you know, David. That, I want you to, have a, yeah, I want to tell the truth ahead. right <laughs>
0: now. I just got to cut you off because we're going to get booted off the radio. Sure. But to tell the truth, <laughs> if David's going to keep doing the work that he's doing. At the LGBT Network, particularly until we get him to announce for District 1. He has so much going on across the aisle, trying to be welcoming to everyone that wants equality. I need you to go to the LGBT Network's website. I need you to make a donation. The Leapcast wants you to support the LGBT Network. Equality for all across New York State, across this great nation. Thank you, David Kilnick. This is the Leapcast. Find us on social media at Listen to Lieb, or visit listentolieb.